Hosting for the BGDL Plus podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com. Welcome to the BGDL Plus podcast, a show designed to help you take your creativity, productivity, and designing to the next level. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. What's up, my friends, and welcome to BGDL Plus. Today, I've got a few things I want to talk to you about today. The first one is quality versus quantity, something that uh, often gets talked about, you know, which, which one's better to focus on. I've got a few ideas, some things I've been reading that I found really interesting, really helpful, so I want to share those with you in a minute. Also, I want to talk about what we can learn from Steve Martin, the comedian, the actor, the writer, the, the, the hilarious guy, the comic uh, he has some really interesting things in his memoirs, in his, his biography, uh, his book, and just some really interesting things we can take away from it from the creative side, even for game design. And so I want to share some of those things with you. And also I want to talk about the importance of the weight room. And I'm not talking about exercise, I'm not talking about the physical side of things, just the metaphor of what the weight room represents. So let's get into quality versus quantity. I saw a uh, quote not too long ago from a person named Mignon McLaughlin. Hope I said that right. Probably not, but either way, this is what they had to say. Every day of our lives, we are on the verge of making those slight changes that would make all the difference. You know, we're all 1% away from being better than we were yesterday. And it's just, it's really a matter of not making leaps and bounds and, and you know, accomplishing these grandiose things. And all that. It's, it's, can you get 1% better today than you were Yesterday, And so when you start thinking on those terms, you really start thinking about quality versus quantity. And I read this, this article, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and I wanted to share part of it with you. And it, it really presents a, a very, very cool story that kind of illustrates the, the, the point, you know, the, the debate of quality versus quantity. This is what it talks about. A ceramics teacher, so a person teaching pottery and whatnot, announced that he was dividing the class into two groups. All those on the left side of the studio, he said, would be graded solely on the quantity of work they produced. All those on the right, solely on its quality. His procedure was simple. On the final day of class, he would bring in his bathroom scales and weigh the work of the quantity group. 50 pounds of pots, rated an A. 40 pounds, a B, and so on. Those being graded on quality, however needed to produce only one pot, albeit a perfect one, to get an A. Well, grading time came, and a curious fact emerged. The works of higher quality were all produced by the group being graded for quantity. It seems that while the quantity group was busily churning out piles of work and learning from their mistakes, the quality group had sat around theorizing about perfection and in the end had little more to show for their efforts than grandiose theories and a pile of dead clay. So the idea is to put in your reps, and this is going back to the author of the uh, article. He says, when you look at goals this way, about putting in your reps, you start to realize that setting up a system for putting your reps in is more important than choosing a goal. Everyone wants to make progress, and there's only one way to do it. Put in your reps. The goal is just an event, something that you can't totally control or predict, but the reps are what can make the event happen. If you ignore the outcomes and focus only on the repetitions, you'll still get results. If you ignore the goals and build habits instead, the outcomes will be there anyway. Forget about the goals this year. What is your plan for getting the reps you need? What is your schedule for putting in a volume of work on the things that are important to you? Now, I find this this little story and, and kind of the follow-up to it to be super interesting and very, very much related to game design, where so often, if you're like me, you, you sit there and you've got your notebook, you get all these ideas, and you, you theorize, and you kind of 
write things down, you erase things, you, oh, well, that won't work, and that mechanism, oh, let's try this other thing, and, and over and over and over again, you're, you're going for the best possible quality of idea, quality of, of game, and not actually getting it on the table, not actually turning it into a prototype, not actually turning it into something that could be uh, played. And that's a problem, because that's, you know, that's not where great games are made. You know, great games start on the, in a notebook, for sure. But it's really about getting your reps in. How many playtests can you get? How many prototypes can you make? How many uh, games can you actually put on a table and get them tested? You know, the day I was teaching uh, in my English class, and we were working on some creative writing stories, and I noticed one student, he, he sat there, I, you know, I gave him the prompt to give him kind of what we were doing and, and let him go, and it was very much open to imp- interpretation. I told him, you know, here's the idea, here's kind of what we're writing about. But, you know, the characters and the setting and the theme, all this, all this stuff, it's up to you. It's your story. You figure it out. And I noticed one student, he sat there and he just had a blank piece of paper. I mean, after about 10 or 15 minutes of class, he just still sat there with, with nothing written down. And I said, well, hey, hey man, what, what's going on? You haven't written anything down. He said, well, I'm trying to figure out the best way to start my story. And he said, well, I, I asked him, I said, well, what do, you, what do you mean, like, the best way to start? He said, oh, I don't want to be cliche. I don't want to do, you know, the same thing everybody else has done. Or I want it to be, I want it to be really, really good. And I told him, I said, it's not going to be really, really good. You're 15. <laughs> you don't you don't know how to write a really, really good story yet. And the only way to get there is to write a whole bunch of bad stories and figure out what works and what doesn't and be cliche and, and copy other people, you know, their ideas, not necessarily like plagiarize, but like copy their, their ideas and copy, you know, their style and figure out what works for you. The only way to get there is to write a bunch of really bad stories and figure it out. And he, he said, well, I don't, I don't understand. I said, well, just write anything. Just write anything down. The, anything that comes to your brain, write it down. Because here's the thing. You can't edit what doesn't exist. You know, if, if you're sitting there waiting to, to figure out the perfect sentence, the perfect uh, way to start a story, perfect character, perfect game idea, perfect mechanism, whatever, you, you can't edit that. You can't playtest that. But you can playtest something that exists. You can edit something that exists. And so he finally started writing stuff down, and it wasn't very good. And that's okay, because now we, can, we actually have something written on the page, they can go back and we can edit it. We can make it less cliche. We can make it less uh, like somebody else. And so it's, it's where it starts. It's just getting the, getting your reps in, the quantity. Uh, make a bunch of bad games. Make, make a bunch of games that uh, no one should ever play, that no one uh, should ever uh, see on a shelf. That's okay. You know, and finish bad games. That's you know, some of the best advice I ever got was you know, finish a bad game before you sit down and try to uh, make a good game that's finished. It's just... That's where it is. It's quantity. It's getting your reps in. It's making as many pots as you possibly can. And and after you make a whole bunch of them and make a bunch of mistakes and you screw them up and you make really bad art, eventually you get to a point where you make really, really good stuff. There's a big shelf in my class full of novels, uh, some of the best novels ever written, you know, by some of the best uh, writers ever to have lived. And I told my class, I said, you know, every single person on that shelf over there, every single book, all of those people were terrible at one point. Like they were the worst writers ever, but they didn't quit. And they didn't. They didn't stop. They made a bunch of really bad art. They wrote a bunch of really bad stories that went into the garbage, went into the trash. But after probably years and years and years of working and and figuring it out and coming up with new ideas and trashing bad ideas, they eventually wrote those books that are on that shelf over there. Some of the best books ever written. And so the same is true for all of us. You get your reps in. You, you you make as many pots as you possibly can. And by the end of the semester, you come up with one that man, might be pretty perfect. Might deserve an A. But anyway, get your reps in. Quantity versus quality, it's, it's not really even a debate. It's it's kind of the quantity leads to the quality. right? It's one of those, the, the same concept of don't do things until you get them right. 
do things until you can't get them wrong, right? Just building those habits, you know, over and over and over daily. 1% better, 1% better, 1% better. Practice, 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 practice. Habits, 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 habits. And eventually you'll get the outcomes that, that you're looking for. And I don't know if I'm as bold as the, the author here to say, you know, forget about goals this year. I don't know. I think that's context. I think that's person by person. If you're a goal-oriented person, you know, that's, that's kind of up to you. But I fully believe that creating the habits that you need will lead to the outcomes that you're going for. Even if you don't, you know, state or write down those goals or those outcomes that you're chasing after, building the habits will get you there either way. And so it's just something uh, to think about something that's really been helping me as far as, you know, make a bunch of bad stuff and be okay with it and then learn and grow and get better. Now, this next part, I want to talk to you about some of the things that I've learned in Steve Martin's book. Steve Martin is old school, awesome comedian turned actor, uh, turned writer. I mean, he's, he's just one of the most hilarious guys to ever live. Uh, by 1978, just according to some of the things in his book, by 1978, he'd become the biggest concert draw in stand-up comedy history. So, I mean, he had worked and worked and worked. The book talks about how he put in about 30 years of becoming that person, becoming the best in the world at stand-up. And, and eventually went on to make movies, and, and now he's doing, you know, uh, master classes and all sorts of really interesting things. But this is some of the things I learned uh, from his book, and actually I, I didn't read the whole book, I read the, like, a long summary. <laughs> so, uh, but these are things I learned from the summary of the overall book. And uh, the first one, he says, to be naive, which is interesting. It really struck me as like, what, what do you mean? And he says this, despite a lack of natural ability, I did have the one element necessary to all early creativity, naivety. That fabulous quality that keeps you from knowing just how unsuited you are for what you are about to do. <laughs> this is something the uh, summary talks about. Being naive gets you started. Children have it. They approach things without the baggage of past failures and outside voices saying, you can't do that. We could all be a little more naive while chasing our dreams. You know, when you're in any creative industry, creative field, whether it's writing or art or game design, video games, whatever, you're going to have so many people say, ah, it's not possible. No, you can't do that. No, you never make money at that. Oh, you're wasting your time. And it's okay just to be a little naive, <laughs> right? Because, I mean, the odds are, the, the statistics suggest that those people telling you that are probably right. But who cares? That's not what this is about. This is about you having something deep inside you, some kind of passion, some kind of dream, some kind of uh, inner fire that says, I have to do this. This is not a, a can. This is a must. It's not that I can create art. I must create art if I'm going to be who I truly want to be. And, and with us, it's, it's game design. It's creating you know, characters and stories through game mechanics and, and getting people to a table to enjoy these things that we are putting together. And if you're like me, it's, it's something you, you just got to do it. Like if, if you don't do it, it just feels like you're missing something. Like a part of you is, is off. You know, something's, something's wrong. And so it, it's okay to be a little naive about this stuff, about, you know, your odds of making real money at this, your odds of actually getting published, your your odds of, of this becoming a full-time job or something like that. It's okay to be a little naive. It's okay to chase your dreams. You know, one of the reasons children look up to athletes is not is not why we look up to athletes as adults. We look up to athletes because they make, you know, $10 million a year and they have these nice cars and nice houses and nice girlfriends and all of these things. And so we, we look up to them for those reasons. But children tend to look up to athletes because they follow their dreams. They chase their dreams, and they accomplished something special, something amazing. And you know, They get to play football or play basketball or play soccer on TV, and they get to play for championships. They get to have fun playing this game. And that's what kids look up to. They look at the fact that those, those people, those, those men or those women, have lived out their dream, and they want to they chase that too. 
And so, you know, it's, it is naive. It is naive for kids to think, oh, I'm going to be a professional athlete one day. Uh, probably not. You have like a negative percent chance <laughs> of doing that. But be a little naive because it's the crazy ones that make it happen. It's the crazy uh, folks that actually believe they can and put in the work and the effort and the time to, to accomplish it that actually get things done. And so be a little bit naive. Next thing Steve Mart talks about is get your reps in, which is interesting. A little crossover between the uh, first segment and this segment. This is what he says as far as getting your reps in. My act was eclectic, and it took 10 more years for me to make sense of it. However, the opportunity to perform four and five times a day gave me confidence and poise. Even though my material had few distinguishing features, the repetition made me lose my amateur rattle. So this is from the author of this uh, summary. Steve performed in clubs for over two decades before making it big. It's not that he wasn't in front of the right people when he started. It's that he wasn't ready for the big time. He needed to get his reps. So again, back to getting your reps in. Just, just make games. Make bad games. Come up with mechanisms that don't work. Come up with me- mechanisms that don't work for the game you're working on but might work for another game down the road. And just test it and test and test it. One of the things I do for my own games is I don't, I don't typically test a full prototype for a while, I, I test individual mechanisms. Uh, I'll come up with the idea for how the combat works or how the movement works or how cards are played or whatever, and I'll just test that mechanism. And I'll say, okay, yeah, this works. Oh, no, that doesn't work quite so well. Uh, I need to tweak this, tweak that. Instead of like trying to come up with the entire prototype at one time, trying to create this you know, big game or trying to you know, come up with all the components at once, I just come up with one at a time. And I, you know, something I think is going to work, and I try it. And if it doesn't, then I try something else. If it does, okay, cool, that's figured out. Now let's test this other thing, and let's test this other thing, test this other thing. And eventually get to the point where I can put the whole thing together and, and test it all at once. And it works really, really well that way. I found that system work really well because it's not overwhelming. I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, man, I have to prototype an entire game. No, I just have to prototype the combat. I just have to prototype the movement. I just have to prototype the event cards, whatever. And it makes it so much easier. You know, it's how do you, how do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time. And so, you know, getting the reps in of just one thing at a time and focusing on that thing and, and get, making it better, throwing out what doesn't work, it's, it's worked really well for me. And I, I would advise you, you try something similar. The next thing Steve talks about was being consistent. This is what he says. The consistent work enhanced my act. I learned a lesson. It was easy to be great. Every entertainer has a night when everything is clicking. These nights are accidental and statistical. Like lucky cards in poker, you can count on them occurring over time. What was hard was to be good, consistently good, night after night, no matter what the abominable circumstances. This is from the, this is from the summary. Don't be a hero. Be consistent. They say practice makes perfect. That's only half true. What's more true is that perfect practice makes perfect. Instead of celebrating the nights that he killed, he shifted his focus to, become, to becoming a stand-up that was consistently good each and every night. You know, with athletes, you, you have a great game from time to time where, where you're just feeling it. You, you can't miss. You know, you can't be tackled. You're just having a great, you know, record-breaking kind of game. But then what happens next week? <laughs> what happens next game? Can, can you do it again? Can you be perfect? Can you uh, be consistent? You know, I've, I've talked to so many people in uh, both podcasting and game design, just people that have asked me different uh, things about, you know, different advice, different ideas. And one of the main things I tell them is just oh, be consistent. Can you be consistent? Can you get 1% better every day, right? And whatever that looks like, or every week, or every month, something like that. Just consistency, because it adds up. <laughs> and after not that much time, I mean, you turn around after a year, and you're like, wow, I've come a long way. Yes, that's what consistency does. It's not about, you know, giant goals that you, you uh, accomplish, and you're like, yes, now I'm, no, no. It's 
can I be better today than I was yesterday? Can my game be better today than it was yesterday? Can this play test go a little better uh, this week than it did last week? And just be consistent and, and scheduling things. That's been so huge uh, for everything that I've been working on. I've got so much going on. But scheduling it and having a calendar and being on the same page with my wife. Uh, we've got this uh, calendar that it's dry erase that's on our refrigerator. And so I, I put down everything that I've got going on for the week, the different podcasts, the different uh, play tests, the different you know, things scheduled uh, as far as game design and work and, and all that. And then we work together to kind of fill in the gaps as far as, all right, well, this is what we're going to do for family time and date nights and, and all that kind of thing. And it's been super helpful just to kind of keep things scheduled and make sure things are, are planned and figured out and we're on the same page and, and consistency. We can be consistent in, in our marriage and with our family and, and with work, with hobbies and, and the stuff I'm doing with the podcast and all that. It's been super helpful. And so I would, I would highly suggest that. You want to be consistent? Get a calendar. <laughs> get a schedule and stick to it. Die on that hill. You know, if you say, hey, Tuesday nights are from 7 to 9, that's, that's design time. Die on that hill. Like anything but an emergency shouldn't, I mean, there's nothing but an emergency that should kind of get you out of that. Right? And obviously there's, there's context and different things like that. But just in general, uh, make it important. If it's, if it's just something you want to do and, it, and you want it to be a real thing, you got to be consistent and you have to stick to the schedule that you make. And the last thing I want to talk to you about from Steve Martin's book, this actually just comes from the, the author of the summary, and he talks about leverage, leveraging old skills for new opportunities. Steve Martin didn't start from scratch when he started making movies. He was able to use everything he learned from stand-up to start writing scripts. He knew what worked and what didn't. He could stand in front of the camera and deliver lines and in his head feel how the audience would be reacting to the material. The magic of experience is that we get to take what we learn from one opportunity to the next. And this is just very obviously lends itself to game design, right? So, you know, you design a game this year and it, it's okay and you figure some things out and all that. But then next year you design a game and you learn from it. And, and you maybe, maybe take some of the same mechanisms. Some of the best games of all time uh, have come from designers who, you know, designed three or four games with very similar mechanisms. And by that third or fourth try, then they had a hit. And then they had one of the top ten games of all time or something like that. And so, you know, take what you learn, reinvent it, you know, try it different ways, do different things with it. But leverage the old for the new. Don't feel like you have to just throw everything out. No, this is all a learning process. This is all the mountain you're building from the ground up. And, and I'm on that base, you have these ideas. And then on that next level, carry some of those other ideas with you. And just keep going from there. And the third thing I want to talk to you about today is the weight room. Now, when I say weight room, I know that kind of scares a lot of people. They're not a fan of, of exercising and, and working out. And, and it's not January. And so we're not making New Year's resolutions right now that we're going to break in February. But <laughs> when I talk about the weight room, what I'm really talking about is surrounding yourself with people that are going to help you grow. You know, one thing that's universally true about a weight room is that when you go in there by yourself, you don't get near as much out of the exercise or whatever you're doing as you would if you had people there with you. You know, when you don't have somebody there to spot you, you, you can't put as much weight on the bar. You know, if you're doing bench press and you're like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift 300 pounds a day, but you don't have a spot. That's dangerous. <laughs> you know, if, if that's not easy to you, then trying to lift a lot of weight is dangerous because you could drop it on yourself. You could get stuck. You know, the, the weights could fall off, you know, if you kind of go too far to the left or to the right. And it's a dangerous thing to go in the weight room by yourself. But if you go in the weight room with people that are, uh, that are that know what they're doing, they can spot you, they can give you good advice, give you ideas, and help you you know, put the weight on the bar, help you get the, you know, pick the bar up, help you if you get stuck, help you finish out a rep, then you get a lot stronger. It's a safer environment to be in. And so the advice here is surround yourself with people who are going to help you get stronger. Surround yourself with people who are going to help you grow. 
I remember when I was playing football in college, and we, you know, we would be in the weight room several times a week. And the way the uh, groups would be set up, so the, the strength coach would put you into groups of three or four different guys to kind of, uh, you know, all around the same uh, strength level, same position, that kind of thing. And then they would give you the workout, and you'd kind of go through the workout together. Well, I remember whenever I would get put in a group that I was the strongest guy that I was the strongest receiver or strongest of the smaller guys in that, you know, in whatever group I was put in, I would go up to the strength coach and say, hey, coach, put me in a different group. I, gotta, I don't want to be the strongest guy in my group. I want you to put me with people that I have to rise up to their level, not where people have to rise up to mine. I, I want to go, like, put me with the linebackers. Put me with the, the big old guys that, that bit press 500 pounds. Like, get me with those guys because that's the way I'm going to grow. It's the way I'm going to get stronger. And so it's the same kind of thing in any other aspect of life. Find people smarter than you and study with them. Find people who are better creatively than you and, and hang out with them and talk to them and learn from them and, and bounce ideas around because that's how you're going to get better. It's how you're going to grow. You know, I was doing a consulting call actually with a, a BGDL Plus member uh, yesterday, actually. And we were just talking about games and, and working through some of his design challenges and different things like that. And I've suddenly realized I had some ideas for one of the games that I was working on. And so because we were having this conversation and we were trying to uh, help each other out and trying to, you know, work through some different challenges and, and grow and all that, you know, I, I figured out ways to, to make my own game better. And that's, that's how this whole thing works is that we, when you surround yourself with people in that weight room that, that are helping you get stronger, helping you get better, everybody benefits. Right. And so I don't know what your situation is. I don't know, you know, maybe you live in the middle of nowhere and it's hard to find a, a group, a playtest group, a design group, something like that. But find somebody, find something, whether it's through the BGDL Facebook group, whether it's the Discord channel, whether it's through a, a meetup group or, or something. Maybe you have to create it yourself. Maybe it doesn't exist, and so you need to put it together and create it. Uh, send me a message. I'll, I'll, I'll send you some uh, ideas and resources as far as that goes, some things that I've learned. If there's something you want to, you know, you have to kind of take on for yourself, and it's kind of, it can be an overwhelming thing. It'd be a real challenge trying to figure out, well, what does this look like, and how do I do it, and all that. Uh, please feel free. Send me a message, and let, let's talk about it, and let me uh, send you some, some blog posts and things that I've read on ways to do that effectively. But the biggest thing is get in the weight room. Find find out where the gym is and go get in there and surround yourself with people that are going to help you grow. You can help them grow and, and make every you know everybody gets better. And the last thing I want to leave you with today is a quote I read a while back from a guy named Jack Cornfield. It's an interesting name, Cornfield. Cornfield with a K. Jack Cornfield, and he said this: If your compassion does not include yourself, it is incomplete. You know, in in any kind of creative venture, art movies, video games, board games, books, whatever. It's real easy to get down on yourself. It's real easy to um, get upset with yourself, to get, you know, frustrated and, and kind of look look down on how you're you're doing things. You know, maybe you didn't get that play test in that you really probably should have, or you didn't get that rule book finished yet. And it's real easy to get down on yourself and be, be overly critical and be really hard on yourself. But just take a moment, step back, and realize, right, Compassion is one of the most important things any human being can have. Compassion and empathy and, and learning how to uh, understand other people's ideas and their opinions and kind of see things from their angles and see other perspectives and all that, super important. But if your compassion does not include yourself, it's incomplete. It, it's not what it needs to be. And so don't be super hard on yourself. I mean, be hard on yourself enough to get things done, right? You need to hold yourself accountable, uh, especially if you don't have other people in your life that can really do that. And you, all it fails, hold yourself accountable. Look in the mirror and hold yourself accountable. But that doesn't mean hate yourself. That doesn't mean get so frustrated and down on yourself that you just kind of give up or you get depressed or sad or isolated or whatever. No, take a step back, have some compassion for yourself, right? Give yourself a little bit of grace and then get back up and keep fighting. 
get the get the play test done next week. Get the rule book done, you know, tomorrow if you couldn't get it done today. Uh, get the the art finished or get the game mechanism tested or, or prototyped, whatever it is. Just figure out a way to do it because if if you get so hard on yourself that you give up, well, I mean, what what are you doing? You've just wasted so much energy, so much effort, so much time. So don't don't allow it to get to that point. Have some compassion on yourself, and if all those fails, reach out to some other people, get some help. Right now, I don't know if that needs to be like, like to a counselor, or psychologist. I feel like you're really down. I've been in some dark spots in my life, and I had to reach out to uh, some pastors and some counselors and and go get some help about some things. And so maybe for, if you're at that point, I really encourage you to do that. But at the very least, just find some other people, whether it's online or, or through your family, through your community, and, and just get some people around you that can kind of help you through a hard time. But anyway, that's all I've got for you today. I really appreciate you listening. I really appreciate you being part of BGDL+. Plus. Thanks for being you. Thanks for being awesome. And good luck with everything you got going on right now. Thanks for listening. This podcast is made possible by members of BGDL+. Plus. To find out more and to gain access to all of the awesome exclusive content, go to boardgamedesignlab.com slash plus. And until next time, keep trying new ideas, keep playtesting, and keep striving to become the best designer you can be. Did I mention keep playtesting? <laughs>